Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? So usually I give this little spiel at the end, but as always, I want to be your career coach. And so if you haven't reached out to me to schedule a 45-minute complimentary consult, then what the heck? What's up? We will talk about where you are now, where you want to get to, what's standing in the way, and I will prescribe for you what is going to get you where you want to go in the time frame that you want to go there. And if that involves working with me, I will let you know what, what that looks like. So today on episode 119, we're talking about, are you squarely in the center of your passion? Well, that fits nicely into what I was just saying, doesn't it? I don't think most people think about passion and job in the same sentence. At least a lot of people don't. So they think about passion. I always always kind of, when I'm talking to clients, I visually, I'm such a visual person. I kind of have, you know, over here is your life, your family, your your significant other, your hobbies, those things. And then over here, way separate, is your job, the thing that you go to for 40-plus hours a week. And if there's no, you know, if you think about this as a Venn diagram, there's not going to be complete overlap, but there sure ought to be a pretty significant overlap between life and passion and work, all those things coming together. Because if you think about the, the overlap is where your passion is. And when you don't have that passion in your work, then you have these long, unfulfilling days and you just have very little to show for them. And because I'm a career coach, what I see oftentimes is how that bleeds over into the other two-thirds of your life. So if you're not passionate at work, you're probably not sleeping well. So you're not resting and you're not enjoying your family time, your free time, your hobbies as much. Maybe you don't have the money to do it or you're so drained from work that you don't have the energy to do it or you have such a negative attitude about work that you can't seem to turn it off on Fridays and have fun. One of the reasons that I do what I do and that I love what I do is that I see how important career passion is. I don't think you can stand in a line at any coffee shop with, you know, you hear people talking, any any line anywhere, sit in a coffee shop and listen to people talking. And if you listen more than five minutes, the topic of their career, their work is going to come up and the degree to which they either love it or hate it. Of course, I want everyone to be passionate about their jobs and I want them to love the work that they do. And when you have that kind of alignment, you're really excited to get up in the morning. You're excited to go to work. You're excited about what the day will bring. You know, I've seen these drawings, you know, of the the puppy on Monday morning and how dead it looks. And then by Friday, it's dancing around. Well, I don't want it to look like that. I'm not saying I want you to dredge your weekend and love your work week. I want you to love it all. And a lot of that has to do with career passion. And I think of my passion for the work that I do is being a vest that I put on every day so everybody can see it, right? It's I'm, I'm showing it to the world. The world knows, anybody who's listened to this, this podcast, anyone who's been coached by me knows how passionate I am. I wear it outwardly. It's very close to my heart, that vest of passion, and it keeps me warm. And I wanted to give you some examples of the ways that clients that I've had have aligned their work with their passion. So I wanted to give you a few examples and then give you some tips if you don't know what your career passion is. The first one was a really fun one that I ran into. So if we're going back to when I worked at Truman State University, so this was back in the 2000s, I took a group of students down to St. Louis to go to the Missouri History Museum and a few other places 
And the idea through this trip was that they were going to meet former grads who were doing cool things with their liberal arts degree. And one of these people was at the Missouri History Museum. Actually, two of them were, both grads of Truman. And this woman had two passions that she'd identified, you know, from early on. She loved to bake, and she was a history lover. She majored in history. And she had been a home economist and school teacher. So she was what I call kind of a partial eclipse. Like she wasn't full on in her passion, but she was doing pretty good. And when I met her at the Missouri History Museum, what she was doing was giving baking demonstrations that were representative of the early Missouri settlers back in the 1800s. And she would make the bread the same way that they made it and make the, you know, the, the food. And the school children, you know, the Missouri school children would come through and would see those demonstrations. And I call that a total eclipse. Like she's perfectly aligned with what she loves to do. Now, that was more than 10 years ago. It doesn't mean she's doing it now. But at the time, she was squarely in the center of her passion. I would kind of love to know with all of these people what they're doing now. But I thought that was such a cool thing. And I, I firmly believe that I can take any two passions that you have in your life, no matter how disparate or weird they are, and I can find a career that intersects those passions. And I think when I am able to do that with clients, they just light up. It's so exciting to watch that for them to realize that there's a career that they could make money at that involves these things that they're passionate about. All right. Next, we have right place, wrong role. So I had a client who was a mid-level manager. It was a very big corporation. And she reached out because she was feeling very unstimulated by her work. I had worked with her before. And she was just kind of dissatisfied. And it was causing her to kind of re rethink everything and question everything. She didn't know if maybe it was the wrong job, the wrong company, the wrong field. She just didn't know. And she was thinking maybe a drastic change was, you know, necessary. And as we worked together, she was able to bring something into focus that she knew, but she didn't know how important it was. Her passion is fixing broken things. And she had plenty of examples of this in her personal life how she liked to fix and you know those were tangible things like fixing stuff but at work what that looked like was fixing underperforming departments right so the you know she had the leadership skills she had the interpersonal skills the business skills and the change management skills to take an office that was broken there was no no motivation underperforming the productivity was down the systems were broken it was just all kind of broken and she would fix that what she also realized about that is that she would be then ready for the next challenge. And I actually talked about this on a recent podcast that I've realized that, you know, I've long known that that was true about me. And I have evidence of that with the two career centers that I ran in, in two universities. And I had just recently made that realization and kind of connected the dots with my business that I was feeling dissatisfied because I wasn't building anything. I was kind of maintaining status quo. So just like this client, status quo was very dissatisfying to her. It didn't feel like she was using her passion. So once we put that all together, what ended up happening with that was she was able to go back to her boss with this self-knowledge that she really hadn't been able to articulate to her boss before and to say, you know, here's what I need. Because what had ended up happening was she had moved and done this over and over again with this company. And for whatever reason, the company and she hadn't recognized this unique talent in quite the right way. And so they had put her in to maintain a department. Or it may have been that they just left her in a department that she had fixed. 
And so, you know, if you were to graph out her motivation level, it was just going steadily down because there was no new challenge. So she was able to have that conversation with her boss and, of course, subsequently was able to get into a new department that was broken. So total eclipse on that one. The third one comes back from back from Truman State University as well. And I worked with a student who was about to graduate from college, and he knew two things about himself in terms of his passion. He wanted to help the needy, so he was very, um, you know, very focused on a, a nonprofit kind of environment. And he loved animals, but he had no idea that there were nonprofit organizations that intersected that, or maybe he didn't understand it on a granular level. He just kind of abstractly thought about it, but didn't really process that thought. And so when I opened him up to the possibility of Heifer International, it was like <laughs> watching, you know, a, a, a plant that needed water, just get that water and just, you know, perk right back up. And I get goosebumps now just thinking about how cool that was with him when he understood what Heifer International did and how they worked. He got so excited and he did end up getting a job with them. And so he was, you know, working in Africa, helping people care for their livestock and learn how to provide for other families and just total eclipse, loved that work. So with those examples in mind, I wanted to give you some steps to recommend to help you find your career passion. So how would you do this? The first one I want to invite you to do is some journaling. So thinking about, and I'm, I've got some prompts here for you, but thinking about where you are now and dreaming about where you want to go. So I recommend a dream of a perfect day, like really getting granular about what would a perfect day look like? When do I get up? What does it look like when I get up? Where, you know, what is my commute like? What do I do before I go to work? What do I do first thing when I get to work? What's my office look like? All of that. Also, journal around just paying attention to your energy around your current job tasks. So really dissecting, you know, on a daily basis, what did I do today where I got really excited? What did I do today where I didn't like it? And stepping back from that, that analysis to take a look at what are the themes that are emerging? What am I seeing about what I love and what I don't love? Another thing to journal about would be the dreams that you had as a child and a young adult. So oftentimes we can go back to the beginning and whereas we may have had a pretty black and white simplistic view of careers, you know, doctor, lawyer, actress, that was one I surprisingly I had a I never wanted to be a nurse, but I did want to be an actress. But what what was it about those career fields that really intrigued me back then? And what can I learn about the grown up version of me from those childhood fantasies? Also, I think it's so useful to think about and pay attention to where your mind wanders when it, you allow it to wander. So when you're not thinking about your current job or your family or whatever you kind of have to think about in your day, and maybe whether it's out while you're on a run or a walk, or that's a, that's a big one for me. I'm either in the car and I turn the music off because I'm going across town and I just want to think, or I'm walking my dog. What, where does my mind go? What, what do I think about and what can I learn about that? So those are some journaling prompts for you. And I would recommend having a separate journal. If you are a journaler, have a separate, you know, this is my career journal. The next one I recommend is close friends and family. So people who know you fairly well. But I want to make a very clear distinction here. This is not about asking them for advice because then that's exactly what it's going to be. They're going to say, this is what I think you should do. But what they're saying is, this is what I would do if I were in your situation. Instead, what I want you to ask them about is, what is their perspective about you? So you can ask them questions like, what do you see me do consistently well? What, what, have, you, what have you recognized about what seems to energize me? And just get those kinds of questions asked as opposed to, what do you think I should do about my, with my life? 
Another one, of course, I'm going to recommend is a career coach. And they may use assessments. They may have other kinds of activities. I use the Strong Interest Inventory and the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator with my clients. Other people will use the DISC or other types of assessments. But the main thing is it's not just the assessments. It's the work with a qualified coach around those assessments and those activities to see what bubbles up and making sense of all of that in, in some kind of coherent way. Another thing that's very useful is informational interviews. So as you begin to drill down, or perhaps that's where you're starting with some notion of some areas that interest you, doing those informational interviews where you sit down with a professional in that field and you ask very pointed questions. What do you like best about your job? What do you like least? How did you get into your position? What myths would you like to um, to debunk for me? Those are really helpful questions because I think most of the time you either find yourself going, oh, wow, this is so great. I love these answers. Or like you. And of course, you want to do it. If you're going to do informational interviews, do that. Do them with at least maybe three professionals in that field, because if you only ask one person, you have anomalous data, basically. You don't know if this person is, is outside of the, the norm or, or right in the middle of it. So you want to ask two or three people. And then finally, any kind of part-time volunteer um, internship kind of thing that you can do. So, you know, volunteering in, in maybe it's in the nonprofit that you want to work for, but in a different field. You have to always think about how close can I get to this field without the the full-time job or without the necessary credential in some cases. So for example, if you think that your dream career is being an attorney, you're not going to get to be a volunteer attorney or a part-time attorney or an intern attorney. But maybe you can get a job working in the office as a as a um, paralegal or an illegal secretary, or you could even just do like a runner, kind of be a, a runner, but you're in the environment. So how close can you get to the job? Um, you know, there's also the opportunity to shadow where you might be able to shadow the actual attorney, shadow the doctor. You, know, you can't be a doctor until you're a doctor, but you could shadow them. So how can I do that? Could I get a part-time job in the office? Can I get an internship? Can I volunteer my time? If you want to read more about that, there are a couple books that I would recommend, and one is one that I've recommended to many clients, and it's Tim Kelly's book, True Purpose. It's a fantastic book about finding your, your purpose in life. And the other one is a book by Poe, P.O. Bronson, called What Should I Do With My Life? And he interviewed many, many people who some had found their passion, some had walked away from their passion, some were in, you know, took a misstep in trying to find their passion. And I think it's such a great book in that regard of like, you know, finding yourself and kind of identifying with these different people he interviewed. So I hope this has been helpful in thinking about your purpose, your professional purpose. And really, you know, it starts with an honest assessment of, am I there now? Keep in mind that your, your purpose is kind of the center of your you know, the bullseye isn't just a single point, but it could be a cluster of jobs. So I don't want you to think like there's only one job in the whole world that is truly in my purpose and would make me in the center of my passion and anything less than that I failed. So keep that in mind that you, you know, you're looking for one of maybe several jobs that would be in the center of your passion. And also keep in mind that that's a moving target. So you get to a job, you're very passionate about it. And now after some period of time, you're ready to climb the ledge go up to the next level of the mountain with your your new goal and your new passion. All right. Hope this has been helpful and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. 
so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.